probably my favorite response I've gotten from Protestants and Protestant-minded Catholics to my videos on the Three Days of Darkness comes from the repeated comment that goes something like this. Where in the Bible does it say that there will be a Three Days of Darkness? Or show me the biblical basis for the Three Days of Darkness. Alright then, while we Catholics read our Bibles and can see that magisterial authority, that is, the authority of those in the Church who hold positions in the formal and visible hierarchy above us, are outlined and completely scriptural, and while we see that sola scriptura isn't in the Bible and is in fact defeated by the Bible itself, and is, as an example, it's debunked by St. John who said that not everything Christ said was in the Bible, okay, let's go over the scriptural basis for the three days of darkness. However, I am going to start with a little background on what the Three Days of Darkness is for those who are new to the channel and not familiar with this material. So, for the record, my quotes here will come mostly from a Dewey Rames Bible, not the NIV, which I have come to understand means non-inspired version, or the what I call the Politician's Bible, aka the KJV. After all, it was authorized by the state. <laughs> Let's get into this right now. Now, this channel has grown tremendously in the past couple of months, and I thank you for subscribing. If you don't know what the Three Days of Darkness are, they are the subject of the approved prophecies of over 200 Catholic saints since the first century AD. They tell of a time that the world will be shrouded in total darkness, that all artificial light will be extinguished, and most of the world's population will perish. Literal hell will be unleashed on the earth, and frankly, most people aren't going to survive. Certain signs will come from heaven before this occurs. The state of the world is one of those things, so let's get into that first. Then I'll finish with the scriptural basis for all of this. For those not familiar with the approved prophecies, I have a few videos on this from the likes of Marie-Julie Jehenny, Alois Erlmeyer, and one coming in the next month from another major visionary on this topic. But here's the state of the world that will lead into the three days of darkness. The consensus seems to be that the world will be in a state of unprecedented and prolonged violence. The 20th century, continuing into the 21st centuries, represents the most violent period in human history. The crimes committed in World War II alone are historically horrifying, and the purges by communist dictators resulted in the ending of over 100 million human lives. The U.S. began its own cultural revolution in the 1950s, leading to the 1972 decision that will remain unnamed that legalized what we around here call the worship of Moloch, under the guise of medical freedom, with 60 million lives lost since that time to that method alone. The people of the U.S. have become so lukewarm, and we see this around the world, that we have lost the courage to end that practice, and instead have allowed ourselves to be swamped with impurity, which has gone mainstream. The sins that James Martin is working to normalize are now beyond normal. They are the way of life for the ideal citizen in the Western world. Our freedom in God, our freedom in Christ Jesus, has been traded for license. The result, Satanism, occultism, and the movement of the New Age are now mainstream. I'll go over more of that tomorrow. For now, here are the proximate signs. The flouting of the laws of the church, the spread of idolatry, irreverence, and immodesty of dress in church by those who profess to have the faith. As the faithful will shrink in numbers, we will see parishes close, charity will be lost, and civil strife will grow. The call to repent will vanish from the land, and faith in science will replace faith in God from even among those again who profess Christ with their lips. The family life will break down. Divorce, annulments, infidelity, and immodesty will be the norm. Civil strife and natural disasters will be commonplace. And now I know people are thinking, well, that sounds like, well, all the time, really. But there are two other occurrences that are consistently said by the visionaries that will precede the three days of darkness. One is the Great Warning, 
We don't know what it will be precisely, but it will tell literally everyone alive where they stand with God. Naturally, most will dismiss the warning, and you can be certain that scientists will try to brush the thing off as a psychological reaction fueled by Hollywood influence caused by whatever the event is, which will likely appear to be cosmic in nature. And if that sounds vague, that's really all that we have on the warning. But it will be known to everyone. I've had people email me asking me about specific astronomical events that happened two years ago or more, thinking that those were the great warning. But that doesn't work, as it will be immediately precede the three days of darkness, and everyone, and I mean everyone, will experience it, whether they believe in God or not. And those events that people emailed me about, I hadn't heard about until now. It's essentially, though, the last chance to repent. The other event is the sudden dropping of the temperature on what will be an otherwise warm day for most people. The night prior will be stormy, and the morning of the event will dim suddenly, and lightning will fill the sky as darkness sets in. That will be your warning to seek shelter. Now, that is all from Private Revelation. This video is about public revelation, the biblical roots of the three days of darkness. So, after some delay, let's finally get into that. First, God gives us this in Exodus, where he shows us he is willing to do precisely this. This event has historically happened already, according to the scriptural record. The idea of a three days of darkness is thus not unique. The origins of the three days of darkness come from exactly Exodus 22, quote, And the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out thy hand towards heaven, and may there be a darkness upon the land of Egypt, so thick that it may be felt. And Moses stretched forth his hands towards heaven, and there came horrible darkness in all the land of Egypt for three days, end quote. And then we have this, from Ezekiel chapter 34, verses 11 and 12, which refers to a time of darkness, quote, For thus saith the Lord, Behold, I myself will seek my sheep and will visit them, as the shepherd visiteth his flock in the day when he shall be in the midst of his sheep that were scattered. So will I visit my sheep, and will deliver them out of all the places where they have been scattered in the cloudy and dark day, end quote. This also lets us know that the sheep, the, re the true believers in our Lord and the true members of his flock, will be protected. More on, although, if we are also told that the living will envy the dead, and that many that the good along with the bad will perish in this event. So bear that in mind. Next, we have the prophet Isaiah making a reference to the falling of darkness over the earth. Quote, Behold, the day of the Lord shall come, a cruel day full of indignation and of wrath and fury, to lay the land desolate, and to destroy the sinners thereof out of it. For the stars of heaven and their brightness shall not display their light. The sun shall be darkened in his rising, and the moon shall not shine with her light. And I will visit the evils of the world, and against the wicked for their iniquity. And I will make the pride of infidels to cease, and will bring down the arrogancy of the mighty. That is Isaiah chapter 13, verses 9 to 11. Then the prophet Joel chimes in with this, quote, I will show wonders in the heavens and on earth, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and, and fearful day of the Lord, end quote. Okay, so the Old Testament has references to days of darkness. And some will say this, these are all references to Egypt, although I will say Exodus absolutely is, but Ezekiel probably isn't, and Isaiah absolutely is about the future. And he was in the world long after Exodus, as was the prophet Joel. These warnings are of the future. But what of the New Testament? What about the apostles, or those who wrote on behalf of the apostles? The book of Matthew gives us this gem, quote, Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened, and the moon shall not give her light, and the stars shall fall from heaven, and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. End quote. 
most people who read about the three days of darkness attribute this passage from this Gospel of St. Luke to be about the three days as well. Quote, And there will be the signs in the sun and the moon and the stars, and upon earth distress of nations, bewildered by the roaring of the sea and waves, men fainting for fear and expectation of the things that are coming on the world. For the powers of heaven will be shaken. End quote. And that comes from Luke chapter 21, verses 25 to 26. Now, before I close this out, because, because that's what we have from Scripture, I want to give you this. Many will say the church never approved the three days of darkness. Here, I have a short excerpt from a book on the subject that bears an imprimatur, meaning the approval of a bishop, that indicates that the church is fine with the subject matter contained therein. The excerpt comes from the book The Prophets in Our Times by Father R. Gerald Culleton, and it was published in the 1940s. He spends a lot of time on the three days of darkness, but here are his words on the final days before the event and leading into it. Quote, when everything seems hopeless for the Christian, forces God will work a wonderful miracle, or as some prophets refer to it, a great event, or a terrible event, in favor of his own. During this phenomenon, the truly holy will not be harmed, and terrible though it will be. Yet we may take consolation in the fact that it will mark the end of God's chastisement. It would seem that the event mentioned vaguely by so many seers is that specified by others as three days of darkness with the sun and the moon, as it were, turning to blood. The air will be poisoned, thus killing off most of the enemies of Christ's church. During these three days, the only light available to men will be blessed candles, and one candle will burn the entire period. However, even blessed candles will not lighten the houses of the godless. Yet once the candle is lit by one in the state of grace, it will not burn out until the three days darkness is over. This great event will usher in peace to the troubled world. It would be a sort of reenactment of the three hours of darkness over the whole earth at Christ's crucifixion, and a preview of that which will mark the end of the reign of the, anti of the Antichrist. End quote. Now, according to this view, this all comes before the, end, the reign of Antichrist. Do I know for sure? No. I am not a prophet, and for the sake of your own soul, do not mistake in me for one, and do not mistake in any other online Catholic for one either. I just put the information together for you. But that is the biblical basis and the basis in the church's authority for the three days of darkness. Let me know what you think about this in the comments, please, and if I left out any scriptural references. Tomorrow, I have an important encyclical for you about the stonecutters, followed later in the day, a short video on the mainstream acceptance of Satanism. It's all relevant. Thanks for listening. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.